Standby. Hello, this is Penn Jillette. The possibility exists that if I were to actually listen to the lackadaisical Librocubicularist podcast featuring host Jordan Maywood, I would potentially enjoy it. A ringing endorsement. Potentially enjoy this episode, which will start after the other half of my magical comedy duo, Teller, gives us a countdown. Take it away, Teller. Hello, welcome to the LibroCube. My name is Jordan Maywood, and I am the lackadaisical LibroCubicalist, is who I am. Today is episode 302 day. Huh? No. Uh, Something I should say at the top of every show, which I forgot to in episode 301, is that there will be spoilers. I say that for the reason that there most likely will be, because not spoiling things makes it slightly harder sometimes. And if things are slightly harder, then doing them other ways, I don't do them. So fuck off. I got a little too aggressive. I will apologize for that. Uh, I will say next that the only payment I ask for this podcast is a million dollars. I'm sick. No, that's ridiculous. The only payment I ask is perhaps you pass the podcast on to a friend. Perhaps you rate, subscribe, and comment within iTunes as that is what helps podcasts grow and flourish and become things. Things. I think uh, without further ado, we will hop in by me pushing this play button and seeing what it says. Ladies and gentlemen, let's get ready to review some things. Alright, so let's start. Oh, wait. With that. Start with the movie monologue, which makes sense for some reason. Oh, you know what it was? The order I've chosen to do these in is the same order they were in when they were days of the week. So movie monologue used to be movie Monday. Capiche? Today's movie monologue sponsor is Gone Girl Female to Male Sex Reassignment Clinic. Once again, today's movie monologue sponsor is the Gone Girl Female to Male Sex Reassignment Clinic. Thank you for them for sponsoring this segment in which we're going to talk about movies. Movie the first, Gone Girl. Hey, wait a second. That's a, that's a strange coincidence. Uh, I liked it. The end. No, uh, yeah, it was good. Probably rating-wise, I'm going to go solid four out of five uh watched it with the missus who also enjoyed it oh i forgot to get her rating if i had to guess probably two and a half out of five she would give it just because her rating scale is horribly broken uh for example rush hour which is a fine film don't get me wrong on her scale gets a five out of five whereas a movie like this which is obviously better in many many regards gets probably if I had to guess two and a half everything else gets lower very very low scale her scale broke yes Uh, it stars um, the new Batman Matt Damon what anyways um, 
why don't we just talk about his various roles? Argo, this Daredevil. <laughs> uh, he's, he's sort of got a wide variety of um, shit to good, which is impressive. Like he can do a horrible movie with bad acting, giggly, <laughs> Geely. I know it's called, but I like calling it giggly. Uh, he really, really stretches his acting chops as far as doing horrible and doing well. So I think the potential for Batman, him as Batman, is there. You know, you, you can't say there's zero potential for him to be good. Uh, one thing I will put in his favor as Batman, I know I'm here to talk about Gone Girl, but whatever, we're talking movies still, uh, is that I think he'd be a really, really good Bruce Wayne. So, he, he has that sort of in his corner as far as towards that role. He has that which will make him good in that role. And that's, although not half the battle, it is part of the battle. Uh, Gone Girl, very, very interesting. Uh, I actually didn't know it was based on a book. Uh, a lot of twists and turns. The reason that I'm giving it a four, maybe even some five moments when these twists and turns are happening is because I didn't really see a lot of the time where it was headed. Uh, I talk about this often on the podcast that when things sort of surprise me, I like them more than when I see where things are going and am able to predict it. So this movie definitely has that. Uh, next movie uh, is Maze Runner. This uh, is on the other end of the scale of where I kind of did know exactly where it was going. Not very good. Uh, acting subpar, but there are kids, so I guess you can't expect too much from young folk in their acting chops. Although, look at people like, uh, what's that girl's name from Kickass? Grace Moretes? Or um, Emma Watson, for example. So it's not impossible to be young and be a good actor, but you don't see that in this, unfortunately. Um, an interesting story. I always like the sort of, I guess, could you call this a post-apocalyptic sort of vibe to it? A uh, bunch of kids put in the middle of the maze. Can they escape through various tasks and obstacles in their way? That, that sort of idea. Which, if you have read the book series, oh, what's it called? The Death Gate Cycle. Uh, it felt like they stole a lot from that, which is not necessarily a bad thing. Let's say they borrowed. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Uh, rating three. Yeah, right in the middle. Um... If you're new to listening to this podcast, uh, as far as my ratings, I use threes for uh, enjoyed while watching, but probably wouldn't watch again, which this falls into nicely. Nicely. Um, I was going to talk about one more movie. It's called Tusk. Uh, It is one of the craziest movies I've seen in a very, very long time. Uh, Oh. Okay, so that means my five minutes is up, but I'm just going to take a couple seconds to talk about Tusk. Uh, Rating-wise, if you don't like a crazy... I'm just going to go ahead and swear here. Uh, Fucked up movie, you probably wouldn't like this. Uh, Basically, it's sort of like a human centipede. Kind of, sort of, kind of, sort of. But instead of human centipede, it's human walrus. Yeah, <laughs> that's, uh, I never realized that's a good way of explaining it. This sort of crazy serial killer-ish guy kidnaps people uh, and then through 
gruesome uh, experimentation and surgeries and things of that nature, uh, psychological manipulation and just fucking with their heads and bodies turns them into walruses. Why does he do this? Because he's goddamn crazy, that's why. Uh, I would recommend this movie. Like, I, I really did enjoy it just because I like this kind of just, what the fuck am I watching movies? Uh, so I'd go four out of five. Uh, I think no problem. Okay, let's continue. Television Talk. Today's Television Talk sponsor is the Big Ball Burly Bailiffs of America. Thank you to that organization for sponsoring this disorganization. Hmm. Uh, I've decided to bring back uh, Night Court just to get a little more into the specifics of it, because it's a it's a program that I do believe, or a program that I do believe, uh, deserves a watch. If you like that sort of 80s, 90s comedy vibe, Cheers-esque, definitely does kind of have that vibe. Uh, one thing of this show, probably more than I think any other that I can think of, definitely off the top of my head, is because they have... If you are unfamiliar with Night Court, it takes place in a court at night. Idiots. Anyways, uh, that allows them to have a lot of guests come into the courtroom and, you know, do courty things, plead their cases and what have you. So the amount of um, uh, actors that you will recognize that come in and out of this court is just sort of mind-boggling. So that right there is kind of cool to see actors who uh, eventually went on to bigger and better things have these sort of little roles as, I don't know, let's just say as, as prostitutes or or various crazy characters coming into this courtroom. Uh, the, the judge in this courtroom is Judge Harold T. Stone, who is the youngest judge that has ever been in a New York court. Uh, he's kind of a, a goofball. Yeah, yeah. You know what? Uh, when I say kind of a goofball, he's the very definition of a goofball. He does like little magic tricks and practical jokes, and he's wears sort of odd, goofy clothing. He's a, uh, as with anyone on this television program, he's a bit of a character. Uh, next, we'll move on to. Uh, Dan Fielding, who is the prosecutor played by, oh, what the hell is his name? Uh, I could have, you know, written down the names of some of the actors who played these people, but I did not, because that is what a professional would do, and I am not a professional. Dan Fielding played by... Uh, it doesn't matter. He's sort of a, uh, a womanizer, sleazy guy. Uh, 90-ish percent of the time, he's just a real fucking bastard, and he's there for you to hate. Uh, occasionally, and I think it's smart of him to do this, it shows that uh, deep down he's not such a bad guy, and will stand up for what he believes in, despite the fact that most of the time he's looking for, he's out there looking for number one. 
himself uh, always in the search for broads and bills, the two Bs. Uh, women and money is what I meant by that and said it in a sexist way that he would probably say so there uh, there is over the course of this a few different people who sort of move in and out of roles um, the next one would be Christine Sullivan who's the defense attorney uh, she was in earlier episodes played by different people and there were sort of interchanging characters in, in some of these roles She's sort of a goody two-shoes, a very uptight uh, type A, I think you might say. Uh, played by Marky Post. Ah, see, that one I do remember off the top of my head. I think I do remember because she, I think, was in Playboy way, way back in the day. So, you know, have a look at that if you are so inclined. Hey, why not? Uh, next you have the Bailiffs. Uh, there's Roz Russell. Who's, uh, as I always say to the missus, who loves, loves in anything a sassy black woman. This is sort of your quintessential sassy black woman. Uh, do not mess with her. She will just fuck you up. Uh, I like her. Uh, then there is Mac Robinson, who is the court reporter, court um, organizing guy. He, oh, geez, we're going long on all of these. Apparently, uh, court reporter dude, he sort of organizes everything. Um, how would you describe his character? I don't know. He's he's not exactly flushed out too too much. He doesn't really get too many episodes just to himself. Uh, Likable fellow, but uh, not a great amount to say about him. Then there's probably my favorite, just because it's so ridiculous and over the top. Uh, Bull Shannon, who's another bailiff. Who has to be in real life over seven feet tall, I would say. Just a giant of a man, and they play off that a lot. Uh, he's doing one of those roles where he's just incredibly stupid. Which uh, I think is seemingly easy to actually uh, play. Uh, actually to to act incredibly stupid. But, uh, but I think it's actually something that's harder than it looks. Uh, interesting thing about this stupid character, because stupid characters on television are innumerable. It's sort of a go-to. Uh, his is a little different in that at least a couple of times, one very specific episode and a handful of times over the course of these seasons that I've watched so far, uh, there is evidence that he's actually a genius. There's even one episode where it goes so far as they all take an IQ test and his sort of just blows everyone over the water. So a genius who's sort of incredible intelligence gives him the illusion of stupidity, if that makes any sense. Kind of a, an interesting idea. Uh, Night Court, recommend 5 out of 5. Hey, why not? Maybe 4 out of 5. Let's move on to book... Banter. Conan the Librarian. Don't you know the Dewey Decimal System? Book Banter. Book Banter's sponsor today is Mind Blow Pops. Mind Blow Pops. Pie licks to get to the center. 
very interesting. Um, I think I mentioned in episode 301, which is the return of this podcast, that uh, occasionally, because I do not finish a book every week, uh, I'll bring back other reading type things, so we could call it reading... Oh, I had something smart. Recourse? Reading something that means talking? I don't remember what it was, but it was smart. And now it is gone, as sometimes happens. Anyways, uh, other things I've read, not necessarily the book that I currently have on the go. Uh, In this case, it is Wired Magazine. So uh, I've got just a few things maybe we could talk about from that. Because I highly, highly recommend that if you are at all interested in how the world around us, nerdy things, sciencey things, tech things, uh, art things, just things, just things, uh, I would recommend Wired Magazine. I think it's been voted on quite a few lists, sort of the best magazine, just, you know, period. Uh, Love it, love it, love it. Uh, So... One thing I've brought back is they recently did, I don't know if it was the whole magazine or just part of it, uh, devoted to AI, artificial intelligence, and sort of how we are progressing in that field. And if you want to have your mind blown slash horrified, potentially, potentially, uh, is to read this article about how the sort of leaps and bounds in artificial intelligence have the potential to affect the world as it is today, even within the next, say, decade or 20 years will be vastly different. It's that whole sort of idea which I love and uh, I think sort of am a perfect age to have witnessed and that's, you know, what an age we live in is, is a quote that I think is really good for someone my age who... Uh, went to school, had never even seen a computer when I started school, and by this time, 34 years old, and the entire world sort of revolving around computers, it almost feels like. So uh, to see that happen is, is pretty incredible. Uh, and that and artificial intelligence seemingly have to do a lot with the fact that uh, we are more able to build... Uh, quicker, uh, more efficient, and I think maybe underlying cheaper uh, electronics, uh, computer chips, you name it, everything's getting smaller, cheaper, and faster, and that happens at a sort of, uh, well, if you know anything about Moore's Law, it's it's almost at a a rate that can be calculated, and and it is calculated, and that trickles down into uh, artificial intelligence as well. So they're predicting that uh, the artificial intelligence that we have today for things like uh, Google, um, facial recognition, things like that, uh, within the next decade will be so powerful that, uh, I don't remember it was decade, 20 years, what have you, eventually, can I, can I just use the word eventually, will be powerful enough to basically mimic uh, the human brain close enough that you would potentially, at some point again, we will say, not be able to tell the difference between uh, a computer doing a task that right now only a human could do uh, and the human doing it. Yeah, yeah, that's a good way to say. Uh, I think uh, I think uh, one of the examples they showed was of uh, 
just the ability of a computer to recognize pictures, whereas before that wasn't something that was really possible. Really, really mind-blowing stuff. Highly recommend you check out Wired in general, but dig around into their coverage of artificial intelligence. <laughs> artificial intelligence. On that note, let's move on to Game Gabin. Today's game, Gabin sponsor is a MMO TD RTS RPG. Oh, I didn't write down the name of it. Anyways, it is a MMO TD RTS RPG. Terrific! Thank you for that for sponsoring this game, Gabin. I just wanted to mention briefly that uh, right now on Steam they're having their holiday sale, which is a uh, is an incredible thing. These Steam sales and highly addictive and hard not to spend. I've sort of set myself a limit that uh, I will try not to, and I think I've been successful so far, not to buy any games that are over $5, and um, also only buy games that are a minimum 70% off. So it's got to be 70% off, under $5, and a game that I would buy normally. So I think I've only bought three <clears throat> so far, so... Eventually, at some point, when I get a more powerful computer and hook it up to a big screen TVD, as is my plan in the somewhat distant future, uh, I'll talk about those games. Uh, right now, I'm good, just going to talk about two games uh, that I played during my podcast, Hi Hatis, and they're kind of a little hand-in-hand -in, -hand in that they're blasts from the past, I guess you could say. Uh, high definition re-releases yeah I, I think they both were they are uh, Age of Empires 2 and Baldur's Gate 2 both games that I played on the computer many many years ago and had sort of great fun doing so uh, both of these games are part of the reason why I am still playing video games because of memories such as that from my I don't know if I go childhood. I'd have to uh, do some math to figure out how old I was when I played these, but I was a youngin, nonetheless. And uh, to have them uh, re-released on Steam, which is a service that is just incredible. If you are listening to a podcast, I imagine the possibility exists that you know what Steam is. If you don't, it's a service that sells video games online. So all downloadable games. No uh, no sort of discs and all for the PC, as you can imagine. Been around for 10 years going on. I I've been on it for 7 years, which is kind of neat because they give you a little badge uh, how long you've been on it. So I've been 7 or 8 now, so I don't want to say I've been the first, but among some of the first to be on Steam. First thing I ever bought was uh, Half-Life 2 or Gary's Mod, I, I, I think probably both at the same time. Anyways, uh, Age of Empire 2 is a RTS, real-time strategy. It still holds up. Uh, one of my favorite things to do in that is to create a giant map where I have sort of one little corner of the map where my, uh, where my guys are. Now, I, I build that up to make it incredibly powerful. 
But then I, I give the rest of the map to like a shit ton of people, say six, seven, sometimes eight different people, and sort of watch how they progress. Uh, eventually, when they reach a certain point, I'll start invading them one by one, uh, which is fun to do because sometimes different things will happen. Sometimes they'll, they'll join forces, seemingly. Uh, sometimes they'll just give up as I sort of get to the fourth one, fifth one. Uh, Baldur's Gate 2, well, Baldur's Gate, uh, Baldur's Gate, the first one, was I think my very first example of an RPG that I really, really got into, put hundreds of hours in. Uh, when Baldur's Gate 2 came around, uh, I did the same. Uh, over the years, I've, <laughs> I don't know if I've replayed, I don't know if I've replayed the entire thing from beginning to end multiple times, but I know I've at least made the attempt by sort of starting it, playing the first part of it, and then sort of losing interest. Sad to say, like it does hold up if you've never played it, uh, and like the style of game, you'll love it. It's just I kind of know where it's going, so I guess that sort of has faded some of the interest that I do have. Both of these games, 5 out of 5, needless to say, and both still stand up. Yay, you games. Today's internet intercourse sponsor is Figs. Okay, so uh, what I've decided to bring back is something I've probably touched on... I think I was watching these guys before the podcast I hate it. And that is a YouTube channel called Inside Gaming. Uh, this is probably, I think, maybe... Mm, yeah, am I going to say this? I think it's my favorite YouTube channel. <laughs> Shocking. But uh, I think I'm going to throw that out. And uh, the reason that I, I do believe I'm saying that is because uh, I have, geez, probably 20-ish YouTube channels on the go that I subscribe to and uh, check in on every week. Uh, there, there might occasionally be... Uh, videos on those other channels that I like more than some of the inside gaming things. However, uh, on inside gaming, I watch every single video they put up. Whereas on, say, College Humor or Nerdist or Geek and Sundry, uh, I sort of pick and choose the ones I watch. Uh, so, so I think that's kind of the underlying uh, props. Hmm. that I'm going to give these guys is that every single video they put out is consistently good, if not great. So, so very, very good. Basically what it is, is, uh, I don't want to say it's coverage of video games, but it's that. It's uh, guys, probably around my age, maybe that has something to do with it, maybe a little younger, who sit around, play video games, talk video games, and I think... You could do that and have it be boring as shit, but what they do is add the element of comedy that I so much desire and love. My sort of eternal struggle for shits and giggles, the whole sort of reason that I am going through life searching for things such as this, 
you know, those things. Comedies. Uh, they've got quite a few different segments, I guess you would call them. Shows. Sure, you could call them that too. So uh, I've just written down a few here and we can uh, talk about them. One of them's pretty smart, and uh, I think you could do it as well. It's called Steam Steam uh, Roulette. So I just mentioned Steam in the last segment, Game Gabin. Basically what it looks like is a site or some sort of download, maybe. Anyways, I don't really know how exactly it works, where they push a button, and then it will take you to a game on Steam, and then you can download it and play it. Uh, I think I should mention on that note, on that note, the amount of games on Steam is just sort of mind-blowing, like hundreds of thousands, tens of thousands at the very least. Uh, and then they'll play the game, regardless of its looking or, in fact, being good at all, which uh, I think, potentially, that's where they shine the most, is playing horrible games. <laughs> now, uh, I like when they play, uh, they've, they've got quite a few GTA, Grand Theft Auto 5 videos up there, and those are fun, and that's a very good game. But uh, I think, potentially, the, 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 the comedy ensues more often when they play a horrible game and are playing it and making fun of it. For example, there's a first-person shooter called Chaser that they play, which looks pretty horrible. Uh, I got to give them perhaps further props for actually going through and playing this game because it was a game that I downloaded and started playing. I'd probably give it 10-15 minutes before I said this is shit and stop playing. Whereas they really put the time and effort to complete the game. So very, very impressive. I think the what sort of pulled me in on this was a segment they do called Q&A where uh, they interact with those uh, watching on YouTube take questions, and then answer them in a humorous fashion. Uh, the questions about themselves, about video games, about the video game industry, about video game journalism, a wide variety of things. Anything uh, can sort of happen on it, which uh, is something I would desire. Uh, I find that's hard to do, is to get audience participation. Um, I do mention, I think, at the, in the end credits, that uh, if you do want to, please feel free to email me tweet at me, Facebook me, whatever you have, and uh, I can bring back what you say to the podcast, and we can have a little chat about it. Why don't we? Folks, that's about it. I will say, it is nice to be nice to the nice. Done and done. And I mean done. Done and done. <laughs> I like Ron. This is the end of the show. A sincere thank you for listening. Time to plug some things and I do not mean. Buts. You can like us on Facebook. You can follow Jordan underscore Maywood on Twitter. You can subscribe and comment on iTunes. Lastly, if you would like to contact the podcast, you can email. Jordan.Maywood at gmail.com I would like to conclude that I am not a robot and that I have a theory. I've got a theory that it's a demon, a dancing demon. Nah, something isn't right there. I've got a theory. The best is yet to come, and babe, won't it be fine? You think you've seen the sun, but you ain't seen it shine. Wait till the warm-up's underway. Wait till our lips have met. Wait till you see that sunshine day. 